Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Pearson, and alongside me is a man with bants in his pants. Uh, it's Sean Gray. I am full of bants, full of bants this week, locked and ready to go with the banter gun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my my MGU bants, unfortunately, is broken, so I'm 25% down on my <laughs> usual level of bants. That is great bants, is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> big fan, big fan. <laughs> what are we so, talking about this week? Yeah, we are going to talk about Monaco. Not the race, as in what's just happened this last weekend, but the ramifications of what this this race seems to have done to Monaco's standing in the Formula One community, uh, which has hit it really hard. I was about um, to say, it's taken a bit of a, a bloody blow, hasn't it? You know, everybody's talking, you know, journalists and ex-drivers and... Current drivers. Which is unusual. Yeah, you don't, drivers, yeah, you point, don't yeah. often... Podcast hosts, they're talking about it as well. <laughs> we certainly are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't often see the current drivers do it down because everybody knows it's the, the you know, quotes, jewel in F1's crown um, and the spectacle of the event and, and everything else and the history and all the other bits and pieces. But, you know, both Lewis and Alonso were not uh, candid in suggesting that something needs to be done um, to improve the race. And, uh, you know, lots of lots of fans questioning whether Monaco is still relevant. Uh, lots of defence from those in the media, I, I, I thought. There are a few people in the media sort of suggesting, you know, that maybe Monaco was in its past, but, but Brundle was very vocal about it and lots of the other uh, sort of media people that you know or verified media people were all seemingly to suggest that oh you can't look at it as just overtaking being the most important thing and we know with Danny Rick's engine thing there was a you know there was a heightened danger throughout the whole entire race and bits and pieces and you know I see what they're trying to get at but it it doesn't disguise the fact that a guy with 25% less power in his engine in an engine that was already not the best engine on the grid was easily able to um, maintain a place ahead of what most people would suggest is the best car on the grid this season with arguably one of the best drivers uh, on the grid in Sebastian Vettel. Um, and it didn't even, it didn't ever really end up being close. And that's, that's the track. It's, it's the only thing really that, that really comes down to. Yes, you can, you can try and point the finger at Pirelli's tyres and say, well, you know, if they lasted a little bit longer, then, you know, maybe... Vettel and Hamilton could have had a, an actual battle and, and, and all those bits and pieces. But weren't we all saying that the harder tyres were, were bad for Monaco? That's, that's why we had to have the yeah. super ultra hyper mega... That wouldn't have made a difference off. because they'd have just stayed out, done a one-stopper anyway, and just not, not been moaning about as high a degradation. But it wouldn't have made any difference the strategy or the way they drove the cars, I don't think. They'd have just had a bit more grip but everybody would have had a bit more grip and they still wouldn't have been able to get past you know so i guess i guess the question is has f1 outgrown monaco in terms of the cars certainly you know from a fan's point of view it doesn't 
doesn't seem that people have less of an appetite for the spectacle, but has the racing evolved beyond what Monaco can offer modern Formula One? I'm very conflicted because I, I do love the track. And I, it, I think it has the, I think the track still has the potential to produce good interest in races, even in the current car sort of aero engine rules, tire rules. It's, uh, it's difficult because I don't want to just get immediately on my usual soapbox, but I feel like I'm going to end up anyway. Um, I think I think the way to solve it is to bring back refueling. If <laughs> <laughs> you're holding it in there, then that's nice. Um, because then you get guys with different fuel loads doing different strategies, so they're able to pass, they're able to compete with each other. Like, you know, like if Danny Rick is on doing a slightly different strategy to Vettel, then Vettel might be able to get past at one point, but then later on in the race, when the strategies have filled, you know, fiddled out, you know, it's just lots. There's much more going on. But when cars are all trundling around on the exact same fuel on the exact same tires with nowhere to overtake, well, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's nothing you can do. They literally can't get past, and there's no differentiating factors. There's no the tires are all the same. The engines are more or less all the same. The the fuel loads are all the same. The weights are all the same. The drivers are all relative. This, this, when everything's the same and it, and it stays the same what 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 can what we, what were you expecting there's nothing there's no nothing could change it make anything happen you know um so without wanting to immediately just go refuel and solves everything that's, that's how i see entertaining racing coming back here or certainly one way of creating entertaining racing around monaco again um because under the current regulations, um, and I mean sporting regulations as opposed to technical regulations, it, there's not, there's nothing there that, that I can see that can see really changing that, um, unless we get a wet Grand Prix or a couple of really mad safety cars or something. But you can't always guarantee that's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, you end up with one like last weekend, which was a dud. What I will say is what I wouldn't like to see is changing the track layout, you know, adding extra bits on or taking bits away, or that sort of thing. Um, for me, it, it, it's Monaco or, or you don't go to Monaco. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really fiddle with the, with the track layout, I don't think. So I was, that's, that was going to be the next place I sort of wanted to talk about. It was like, what, what could you change on that track? I was trying to think of places that you could do. You, you could, presumably, um, if you had the will will to do it, um, coming out of the tunnel instead of having um, the chicane there, um, mm. have that be be straight down into the next straight. Um, and if you got if you could get rid of that huge barrier on the right hand side, or at least move it over so that the the track was wider at the back. You mean? Yes, yeah. that's it. So I was trying to think of the corner and I couldn't think about it. But if you made that a longer straight and made it wider, then it would afford more of a passing place because at the moment there's only one way to really attack that. Do you know what I mean? You 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 have to... Um... There's a little bit of space on the left-hand side 
there. Um, so yeah, you could easily make you could easily get rid of the chicane, uh, and 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 probably there's probably a little bit of space to to work with going into the back to make um to make something happen. But then and yeah, it might it might promote overtaking. You could have a DRS or down into there, and it, it probably sorry, it probably would give you something to work with for sure. But then. I can already hear the critics now saying, "Oh, but you can't take away the chicane. It's part of Monaco. It's, it's you know, it's, it's it's a key fundamental bit of the track." And I'm kind of somewhere in between, kind of being like, "Well, yeah," and I, I agree, it is a key. You know, it's part of the track, but also we can't have another weekend like we just had. So I'm, I find myself kind of conflicted on the issue a little bit. And the only other place would be to um, change. Stand of op, really, wouldn't it? Would to be to open that up, um, so that you went, um, yeah, the first, the first, what? so you go straight instead of going up Don't, the hill, yeah, so you just yeah. it, it ends yeah, I mean, up as one long curve, and uh, it would mean that if you got the drop on somebody coming up to the start finish line, you'd have more chance of getting ahead of them with slipstream and the other bits and pieces into the casino potentially. Although the potential there, I guess, is that your high-speed accidents, uh, you know, are heading straight towards the casino corner, really. Which uh, so, so so if you were coming down the, the pit street, what, what would you want to do with Sandoval then? Just just make it straight on. So basically, straighten it. So instead of having to go left and right, you basically just curve around up to up the hill to casino mm-hmm. and try and make that a long straight, a straight away. Although it's got, it's got a kink, it'll have a kink in it. Um, but it, it's the, it's the ability to try and maintain position with the car that you're following. Coming and, up, the, coming up the hill, you mean? Coming yeah. Up, right. A bit, you know, a bit like thinking about a Rouge really in that you're yeah, yeah, no, with you. Yeah. I got you. So you kind of, um, like a mini Rouge, isn't it? Cause the, yeah, the, yeah. the elevation's nowhere near as much. So but, you're not having to break so hard into turn one, basically. Yeah, you kind of keep a momentum there. But I, 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 mean, I wonder if the, the speeds that you'd get heading into that corner would be a bit. I'm hairy. not sure. I'm not sure geographically it would be possible with the sort of with the surroundings. But yeah, I see what you mean with, with regards to Orouge of trying to just maintain sort of speed all the way through and not having to, to slam the brakes to turn into Sandoval. You know, and it's it, it's it's uphill, so the braking, you know, the car's being slowed down by the hill somewhat as well. Um, I don't know because otherwise we see the the only overtaking is when they somebody does a sort of dandare up the the uh, inside and it seems that sort of sixty percent of those overtaking moves just re- means that both cars end up in the the barriers mm-hmm. yeah Sandovot so what's the what what's the point really you can't do anything with the the hairpin um, no you absolutely can't that's just that's what can you do yeah. really it just is it is what it is it's the slowest thing on on the on the calendar uh, uh, slowest corner on the calendar people do occasionally overtake there randomly um but it usually ends up with a big mess and actually i don't mind having a few corners that are a big you know going to potentially lead to a uh, a big mess um occasionally could you do something going into sandovot i don't think you really could could you really it's um it's a 90 degree corner into um into the tunnel, so you're. You mean Portier? Uh, Portier. Oh, 
Yeah, um, I no. do know that I know the names of all the corners. <laughs> I just don't know which corners they belong to. Yeah, um, coming into Porto, I'm just thinking. Yeah, you probably like. Yeah, there's not much you'd have to, to you'd have to literally shave bits of buildings off to try and turn yeah, that I mean. into some you, other kind of corner. You just can't like. Or, or the bit where they do you remember where um, their line was up sideways? Yep. You'd have to extend that outwards and try and make a bigger, wider corner. You basically can't because the sea's there. <laughs> exactly. So you'd, you'd literally have to extend out into you know into nothingness. Yeah. Um, there, there's this. This is the problem, and they've they've basically exercised everything they can possibly get out of it, and that's why we're having this discussion. You know, our, our has it outgrown this this part of the world that they like to race around? Um, because you're right to do some of the things that you've suggested. You're literally having to demolish buildings and stuff. There's no more. There's no more scope. There's no more room for maneuver. They've they've eked it all out, and I think from from that point of view, like you know, is it time for a change at Monaco? I don't think there's anything you can do. It's either keep it as it is and change the sport and regs like fueling and the tire rules and all that sort of thing, or you go away from Monaco. That's that. Those are the options. I don't really think there's anything you can do with regards to the track that that, that would make a difference because there's no, there's nothing to work with. There's no, there's no more land, so to speak. There's no, there's no more wiggle room. So you have to either change something else or well or or go. So then my next, my next possible thing is. Can we um, can we change the cars? Can we do something to mean that the cars can't turn up with so much downforce on them, mm-hmm. so that the cars are more on edge? Because I mean, you know, clearly uh, the the speeds that they were able to do were so so much faster than anything that we've seen around. You know, they they obliterated the track records, you know, all weekend, just got faster and faster and faster. Um, if it, Could we do something that maybe makes the rear wing have to be, I don't know, static all season, so they have to balance the car uh, for all races, so that you can't have a skinny rear wing and a fat rear wing, depending on how much downforce you want. You just have to have a rear wing that does you for all of the races. Um and you, you, you can't mess about with it. it. It is what it is, and you get the downforce from it track to track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily against something like that. Um, can we can we um, enforce two stops at Monaco and suggest that that's, you know, because of the type of racetrack it is, we have to inject some, you know... That I'm, le- that I'm less comfortable with. I, I, I really I just ideologically sort of opposed to little little gimmicky things like you know enforced stops and stuff like that i, I, I just i mean it might be a necessary evil to get a decent race but it just doesn't sit that well with me i'd hate there to be one race a year where oh, this is the two-stop race you know sort of thing like strategy strategy and you should the team should be looking to figure out what the best strategy is and if the what the that shouldn't they shouldn't be hamstrung with, with what the, um, what they're allowed to do. 
from a strategic point of view, they should just have, they should be, all their aim should be, what is the quickest way to get this car from A to B over X amount of laps? And I don't really like the idea of them being told, well, you need to get the, you need to come up with a quicker strategy, but here's some conditions just for this one occasion. That kind of doesn't really sit, sit right with me. If, if, if what is happening with the strategy is that it's causing for dull races, then I would change, I would change other things such as, um, obviously refueling, but also perhaps, um, although, and they tried it this weekend and it didn't really work, which would be bring softer tires. Um, but I would rather see them try to tweak things like that than force them to do a mandatory second stop, which would kind of, I don't know, just, just, just doesn't sit well with me at all. That, like, <laughs> this is going to sound daft given that how many they've got, but can we get, can we get less durable tires than what we've already got? Can we get, Quick, can we get less durable than the Hypersoft? You know, like, is, is that the next sort of... But essentially, look? essentially, is that not just the same thing as enforcing... Yeah, enforcing I mean, it basically, is, <laughs> it basically is, but without, you know, writing it, writing it in law. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like, just, I don't know, there's something about a, a law that says, but for this one week only, it's two stops, right? Like, you know, that just kind of, I don't know, doesn't... I guess if, uh, we're, not, if we're not going to reintroduce refueling, I guess what you could do is reduce the fuel allocation for Monaco, which would require teams to do more fuel saving so they would be slower at different points in the race. Hmm. But it's... They'd probably all do exactly the same yeah, same thing, a... which is go go f- as fast as they need to at the start and then fuel save after well, that. You know, They're not going to fuel save at the start and lose track position um, to be faster later on. It's a problem that's not limited to Monaco. It's just there's no strategic variables to every. When, when one-stop races like this happen, everybody does the same thing on the first tire, and then they all jump to the second tire, and nothing happens, and it's the same every week. So until, I, think, I think the overarching point is that until they change that, you're going to get weekends like this, and it's just been amplified because Monaco is Monaco. You know, it's just been... We've just noticed it a lot more. But you get, we've had weekends like this before at Hungary and Bahrain and places like that, and we've sat and whinged about it because it was a rubbish Grand Prix. Then we've moved on because you just put it in the, the category of, oh, well, it's Barry, and you sometimes get that there. Oh, it's Hungary, you sometimes get that there. Move on. One's the next. That should be good. Cool. Forget about it. But it's because it's Monaco, suddenly we're all talking about it. Um, and it's not the only time that this has been the problem. And the only way to sort it is to, to create more strategic variables. And the answer isn't more tyre compounds. It's refueling. Well, pretty much that. So... Um, side note for Monaco. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, do you think they do you think they need to start limiting the number of people on the grid? As in celebrities and things like that. Just, just a, well, anyone really, but because you, it you seems literally impossible. Or... Yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't want that number of people on the on the track no, during the no, race. That'd be, that'd be insane. People, what, just people having glasses of champagne okay. at the, <laughs> yeah. the swimming pool yeah, section. Yeah, we'll not put it past it. Don't we'll put it past it. Now, what, what I meant was, you know, non-team personnel, you know, like people who don't, people who aren't working on the car, like, you know, so journalists and the likes. and Yeah. It just, famous, famous faces. It's not just and, ridiculous. Yeah. Because all of the famous people have 18 people surrounding them so that they don't talk to any of the journalists, which I at that point may then make you think, <laughs> Most of well, that's it. Just seemed like half of them didn't want to speak to any of the F one. Like they didn't want to speak to Brundle or um, Lazenby or Deresta or anybody like that. And it's just kind of like, 
but what's the point then? You're not really getting them. You're not quite getting the media coverage you actually want. You want them to appear on television talking to all of the different TV stations. But if, if they're going to say, well, no, I, I turned up so that I could wander down the grid and take a look at the cars and then, you know, sit and get, get smashed all afternoon on free champagne that whichever team has brought me here and that I have to say that I'm there supporting. Um, what, what's the point? Like, at least Hugh Grant goes and you you know has an interest in what he was doing like and that was i like his thing was saying that you know actually i haven't watched it for the last couple of years because it's been really boring <laughs> uh, but i got invited here so i came along i like i kind of like that refreshing honesty of somebody who's just like i actually do like this sport but i haven't watched it because it's been rubbish uh, and the only reason i'm here is because somebody invited me like all right f- f- fair dues because we'd all go wouldn't you? if somebody no matter oh, course, how yeah. bad the season was if somebody if a team and if you're listening you know formula one teams please drop me a dm um at last lap podcast uh <laughs> we go we didn't want to sort and, oh, and everybody wants to go to monaco and i guess that ultimately is why we need to go to monaco every year because it's still a draw it's and monaco. ultimately ultimately i would have i would rather have this weekend race you know 60 percent of the time than lose the track and i think that's the key point so when Ultimately, with you know, someone um, sat down and said, "Right, gun to your head, we're getting rid of Monaco because the racing's bad." Yes or no? I'd still say no. You know, I'd still say no. We're not getting rid of Monaco. Like it doesn't matter the racing's bad. We're not getting rid of it. We'll just have to try and find a solution because I still, I, I, I still would not change. I would not get take it off the calendar. That you know, I, I'm quite happy to be clear on that. Um, I just think there are a few things we could change that are that we're more than capable of doing that we're not doing that would improve not just monaco but other tracks as well uh I, and i agree with you on that one uh, you, you know if you if you said give me a choice between monaco and singapore well, i hate singapore so I, yeah i'm, I'm okay absolutely uh, that probably wasn't the one okay so let's <laughs> um monaco or um What's a bang average track we go to every year? Malaysia. Um, Roller with Sack Malaysia. Office yeah, we have kind of Sack Malaysia, don't we? Um, Monaco China. or Albert Park? I like Albert Park a lot, though. So bad example for me. I'd be, I'd have to pick between two of my favourite tracks there. Um, okay, uh, Monaco. The one or... I would think is like somewhere like China or you know. China does decent races, though. That's the problem. It's like it isn't a particularly interesting track, but it actually you get quite good races at China. So I think I think though that's the point is that even though the races are quite good there most of the time, I would still lose China before, because it's Monaco. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas well, Monaco or Baku, which is mm, that's interesting you know. because I think ultimately I would have to say Monaco, but I'd, be, I'd I'd probably regret my decision when I watched the Monaco Prix and go this could have. Baku, <laughs> because Baku's a really, really interesting one because it's only two or three years old and it's just starting to develop a reputation as potentially being a bit of a firework of a track. So that's a really interesting one because that is uh, I I really enjoyed Baku both this year and last year. That's certainly going in the huge you know potential to be excellent every year category. Um, I still, I wouldn't want to see either of them off the, off the Monaco calendar. or Mexico. Oh, I'd, I'd get rid of Mexico. Yeah, quite happy. Yeah, 
but I Mexico has had some decent racings at, at it, hasn't it? I can't, I, I can't even think of one defining characteristic of this track. You know that? Well, the, the Mexico one is the bit where it goes in goes between the all the stadium. stands and stuff, yeah. isn't it? But, but I mean, like from a sort of racing point of view, like what's their best corner? What's their overtaking corner? You know, you think of Spa and you think you've got Eau Rouge and you've got the bus-up chicane. You think of Monza and they've got their famous chicanes. You think of Monaco and they've got, you know, all the different aspects of Monaco. If you said to me, what's the key characteristic of the Mexican track? And I, I have no idea. I'm not, yeah. I have absolutely no idea. And that might be just because it's new. And I haven't, I haven't had a chance to have it ingrained into my memory yet, but I actually don't know what that track looks like off the top of my head. I'd need to look up a, a layout picture of it. No, and you, you, there's certainly tracks that are worthy of getting getting rid of. Um, That's interesting, before, mate. It's like you, I'd get rid of um, Sochi. Um, Another one with no Is it Sochi? Though. No, it's not, is it? Where's the... Where is the Russian Grand Prix? Yeah, Sochi, yeah. Is it? Like, yeah. I couldn't remember if that's where the Olympics was held and the tracks just near it, or whether that was. No, no, it's Sochi, yeah. So but... yeah, like I've been the Russian Grand Prix off because it's it's pointless. It's a car park. Yeah, I agree um, completely. I mean, but, but I think... Abu Dhabi looks nice in you know with the night and other bits and pieces, but it's a crap race. It's awful. Agreed. Agreed. It's the worst venue to have the end of the season on. Absolutely. I think we both agree. We both agree on that. You know, Abu Dhabi and Sochi, they. If we were to both go away separately and do five tracks to get rid of, I think we would both quite happily pick them in our lists, you know. Um, I find the Mexico one, the comparison slightly of interest in two, because if, if I think of Texas and the Circuit of so America. I'd, I'd like, I like co- co- the Circuit so, of the Americas. So they are, and I can remember characteristics of the track and the first corner. I love that first corner. Mm-hmm. You've, got, you've got certain different bits of track that immediately come to your head. And they've been around similar time frames to Mexico and the the American Grand Prix, they're both fairly new tracks. Yet one of them I've clearly got in my head, that's what happens there. I'm looking forward to that. And the other one, I'm like, I can't think of anything. So mm. that surely is the acid test there then. Which one's the more interesting track? You know, Both around similar times, one immediately jumps off the page, one doesn't. You know? Yeah. So we've kind of tangented on into which tracks we keep, but that's obviously but it's, seems to be a natural a progression good... for the conversation. But well, yeah, it does, absolutely, because um... if you say that there's something fundamentally wrong, Monaco. I think you have to analyze every single other track and say, "Where is there?" Yeah, because you should look and you should look at Albert Park then, because Albert Park isn't a great racing venue. It's just that it's the first race of the season and gets it gets a bit of a buy. You know, very rarely do you see great races at Albert Park. You occasionally see big incidents there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Occasionally, a thing happens there, but it's they're not stunning races. We just love it because it's it's the first race back in there and it's kind of our park and there is a kind, you know, you know, mistakes, some mistakes do get punished heavily. So, you know, and the cars are all new. So there's more chance of that happening. But if it, if it happened like in the last third of the season, you know, if it was part of the last sort of flyaway races, I don't think we'd think of it quite as, quite as fondly. You might be right. If um, there were title decide, you know, if, if titles were being fought over it at that point, We'd be a bit. Mm, oh, I've always loved that track, and I don't really know why. It might be what you're suggesting about it being first, and it's just created a, a sort of impression in my brain of, of why I like it so much. But I, I, you know, I've always had Albert Park up there as one of my my most favourite racetracks. Um, so that would be, you know, it wouldn't be anywhere near my sort of closure list. Um, yeah, 
It'd be interesting to see what Singapore's like, I guess, with these cars. Because that's the obvious sort of next best thing to Monaco, isn't it? Mm. Uh, so that'll be intriguing to see how... I can't really remember what the tyre de- uh, degradation is like around there. It's usually it? a little more because it's because of the the nature of it being in... Um, it's more streety than Monaco. And Monaco was resurfaced as well this year, so... Um, it was uh, less abrasive than than normal anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's bits of, I think there's bits of Singapore where um, the nature of, of the streets, the kind of streets that it's on, give it a sort of characteristic that Monaco doesn't quite have um, because, well, you know, you cruise around Monaco, don't you? Whereas it's, the middle of Singapore, well, practically the middle of Singapore, I guess. Um, but you're right. That's that and Hungary were, and you know, that Singapore, Hungary, Russia, and Abu Dhabi will tell you, was this season a good place for aero tracks or not? Uh, and if they're, if they're all rubbish, then F1 has a fundamental problem to think about next year because, nothing's probably going to heavily change on the, the cars until 2021 now. So you're going to have another two years minimum before there's a big shakeup in the cars. If they're going faster and faster each year, that makes it worse and worse for the street circuits. What do we do from an aero standpoint, do you think? To Well, the only thing you can do is, is strip aero off of the cars, isn't it? Which they're trying to do. They're trying to make the front... Um, they're trying to make the front simpler, aren't they? Which should re- remove some of the downforce there. But although that's not the front isn't downforce, is it? It's aero shaping. It's about feeding it to other areas of the car, so it makes I, it less efficient. It doesn't actually generate necessarily lots of downforce in and of itself. Um, I'm you know, in favour. I'm in favour of the front wing change. Um, they could make the floor simpler. You know, they could literally say the floor must be a square rectangle of these dimensions it cannot have anything cut into it it cannot be shaped you cannot do anything that adjusts the flow of air through the floor it either goes above it or it goes below it and then see what all the cars do and presumably yeah, they yeah. you know 60 percent apparently is de- generated through the, the floor so immediately the cars would be much slower um especially through the corners but surely they would be more difficult to drive as well well, yes, absolutely. Like, so uh, on the street, because so, they probably crash more, which would yeah, which is what I want. Like, I mean, that sounds <laughs> morbid, but no, but I want insulin. at least at Monaco, they're not going fast enough for it to really hurt. Probably. Yeah, I don't want like I don't want them putting it into a you know a concrete wall at two hundred mile an hour. But I want if you outbreak yourself into Saint Devot, I want you tagging that wall. I want you breaking your suspension at thirty mile an hour and looking amateurish because you've made a mistake and you should be punished for it. You know, like I don't want the cars easy to drive. They shouldn't be. They're Formula One cars. I shouldn't be able to jump in one and drive one. Not that I could, but you know what? You, <laughs> you get my point. Like they should, yes. they should be difficult to drive. And if that means getting rid of a load of the aero and from the floor and wherever else, then then good. I'm in favour of that. You know. Um, yeah, I want I want races where there's bumps and bruises and you know not literally, but you know tagging cars off of. It goes it goes back to, you know, the argument about runoff areas and gravel and all that sort of thing. Like, I want I want mistakes punished. I don't want them I don't want it to be easy. I want to see five, six, seven a lap, seven races, 
sorry, seven cars out of a race at the end of the race. I want a guy to be in front, being harassed by the guy who's in second, with only two or three seconds different, and he puts the pressure on him, and the guy in front makes a mistake, and it costs him the race because there's not there's not enough pressure now um, up the front. Like look at Ricardo, you know, driving with a broken engine, thirty five k's down on power, and he was never put under any sort of pressure whatsoever for the for the lead. He was able to just nurse it home, you know, fairly fairly simply, and that shouldn't be the case. There should be pressure at the top of a Formula One grid. Um, if you make a mistake, you should be punished for it. So if, if the, we can change the regulations to do so, then that's the way I would like to see the sport go. Fair enough. I like that. I think that's... So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's that, 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 that to tie it all together, it's basically that we say Monaco might have a problem, but I think it's for it's for F1 to solve that problem, not for Monaco to change to suit F1. Yes, I think that's probably fair. And and I would extend that slightly to just say, and it's not just Monaco. We just noticed it badly this weekend, but it's it's other places too. And mm-hmm. don't don't think this is just a Monaco problem. It's just highlighted a little bit more there. But this is a, a fundamental issue going across the sport, I would say. And I've solved it already. So just listen to the show, Liberty Media. I've already solved Bring back to me fuel and there you go done <laughs> moving on <laughs> perfect love it let's email the episode to Ross Braun I'll have a job by Monday morning <laughs> <laughs> excellent I'll be your assistant that's fun <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully that uh, I, I kind of like that I like that the cyclical nature of an episode where we start with a problem and we solve it and we come to the end having <laughs> having you know Found up, found the flaws and fixed them. Just so. talking, just talking about Aero quickly before we wrap up. Surely, you, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on this one, but if we did strip a lot of the Aero parts away, took a bit, took, you know, simplified the front and rear wings, took a lot of the floor and stuff out, that would surely cost less in R and D and development budget over the course of a season. You would think, yeah, under uh, those regulations, you know, it might cost an initial hit while they design all the new parts and stuff like that. But I mean, going forward, season by season, you'd think they would spend less on the aero development side of things because there'd be less to do or not. I think, I, you uh, no, I, I think you're me. right. Um, and it's what they want to do, isn't it? With the 20, 2021 is, is what they want to homogenize, start homogenizing parts of the engine so that they are set. You know, the, there will be no MGUH. There'll only be the MGUK. Um, and yeah, will be standard. But I, I think this is a good topic for another episode of, of, of the band show because the one thing that F1 has never been is a spec series. And it's happened with IndyCar this season that they spec'd a lot of the cars. The cars are a lot more similar. And ironically, the Indy 500 has recently been complained about for not having enough overtaking. So (laughs) (laughs) um, there is the possibility to do more harm than good. But I think that's a, it would be a good, a good topic for another show to sort of work our way through the car and see what, what we could standardize to try and cut costs and maybe make things work a bit closer and what stuff, we want to leave open to the teams yeah. to, to build through a season. I'm just thinking if we did strip a layer back and, it, 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 you know, made it a cheaper long-term investment, we'd have solved, you know, dull tracks, dull races, strategy and costing all in the space of half an hour. So, you know, sorted. You just got to get the teams to agree it, mate. That's, yeah, uh, to get. You, That's it. You want to go and speak to Sergio and, and Toto <laughs> and Christian Horner? 
but not Christian Horner. You want to speak to him, Marco? And um, I'd uh, love Matthews. to hang out with Christian Horner. That could be another another further episode. Which Formula One personalities do you want to have a beer with the most? I've come. I've really warmed to Christian Horner and he's in his later years so i'll go talk to him that's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh i see so i have to go and speak to um you can go talk to marciano <laughs> or um i don't know even toto's a bit he's a bit scary isn't he he's a big, he's a big, he's a big lad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd have to be a bit careful wouldn't i, I guess right well i think that takes us nicely to the end of this episode um so thanks very much for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed us putting monaco to rights or putting f1 to rights on monaco uh we will be back after whichever gp is next is it canada mate canada one of my, yes, one of my of favorite course circuits yeah big fan so, big fan of canada Canada's um, an interesting one because it is a street circuit technically isn't it but high speeds it and it doesn't play like walls, one the only yeah. bit that does is the wall of champions isn't it it's yeah. the only bit that really feels like the proper street circuit bit and the rest of it just yeah. feels like a massive racetrack yeah it's a lot it's such a unique track i love it to pieces and always a chance of a little bit of rain yep i'm thinking that ferrari should be quick hopefully um so- Good track for Mercedes, though, engine. It's a good power yes, circuit. It should be good. Yeah, it does look like we're going to get a battle between Ferrari and Merck here. You would assume the Red Bulls um, will be will be a little back, bit Back behind. to their usual. I think so. I think so. Time will tell. Yeah, looking forward to that one. It's always a nice time as well. There's not like, you know, be around tea time, isn't it? So you can sit down with your dinner on Sunday yeah. and watch it, which is always good fun. Always good. Brilliant. Well, until then, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Remember to follow us at Last Lap Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and always keep us bookmarked www.lastlappodcast.co.uk and we will see you after Canada. Cheers then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.